Welcome to the Inspired Hive podcast, the show to help those of us wearing many business hats and trying to navigate how to make marketing magic and run a thriving business. I would like to start with acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land of which I record this podcast on today, the Gunai Kurnai people. And I pay my respects to elders, past, present and emerging, and celebrate the diversity of Aboriginal people and their ongoing culture and connections to the land and waters throughout Australia. I extend that welcome to any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Island people for joining us today. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, Creative Director at The Inspired Hive, a small business lover, a community-based organisation guru, Gippsland-based, passionate educator and a mentor and mum of two ever-growing boys. My guest today is Tanya Bell, interior designer and owner of Green Room Interiors, who designs colourful and bespoke interiors for busy professionals. Tanya relishes her work through working with people by renovating or decorating, starting from scratch or blending existing with you. From my own personal experience, I can say that she loves to involve you with all of the fun stuff and then she takes care of all those stressful parts so that you have a welcoming space that you'll be proud of and it really makes your heart sing. So welcome, Tanya. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you, Laura. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and it's exciting to talk about my business with you and your listeners. Excellent. Thank you. And I'm really looking forward to our chat today because your business has really flourished and you've actually been in business for 20 years, which is absolutely amazing. So you must know those secret designs of creating a business that your clients love and also yourself. Yes. Yes, I, I hard to believe that I will be celebrating 20 years in business in November this year. So, yeah, it's been amazing. A long road and amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'd like to know, first of all, a fun fact about you. Okay. Well, in, in the 90s, I did the uh, overseas travel and lived overseas in London for um, about four or five years. And I actually worked for a short time in the Harrods department store, prestigious Harrods department store. And um, it was actually around the time when Princess Diana died. So there was all that controversy around um, her death. And it was amazing to actually be in London and working in Harrods, because she had that connection with um, the yes. owner's son, um, it was, yeah, quite a profound time in my life. And uh, it's it sort of the memories will always be with me um, forever, I think. And, yeah, so not many people know that um, about me. Wow, that is so amazing. And it must have been quite an emotional time as well. But also being in a place that she loved would have been very nice for the heart. Yes, yes, it was. It was a special time, yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you for sharing. Can you tell us about your own business journey as an interior designer and green room interiors? Yes. Well, 
being in London in the 90s, I came back to Australia uh, towards the end of 99, I think it was, and I just I reevaluated where I wanted to be in my life. So I worked out that I wanted to study interior design and decoration. So went back to uni as a full-time mature age student for two years, <laughs> which was quite <laughs> tricky. Um, but, yeah, I was dedicated um, and I qualified. And then I, the day after I graduated, actually, I went out and, and registered my business name, which I already had worked out. Um, so that's where the journey started. And right from then, I started working um, in my business. And I, I've actually had no formal business training as such, mm. but um, I, I just wanted to get out there and start doing things. Um, I've learned a lot and made a lot of mistakes along the way. But um, I think I had a very good mentor in my father, actually. Growing up, my dad was a welding engineer and he had his own business, which he established from scratch in the 1960s. And he was very well known with his customers and clients and potential clients um, for his customer service. He was so customer focused. He was customer first all the way. And, you know, quite often he'd stay late because he'd get a phone call from a truck driver over the other side of town um, that needed him to do some welding on his truck. So he waited for this guy to come and, you know, fix his truck so he could get out and work the next day. So that dedication and customer focus, I think, was ingrained in me from an early age. And I do use that all the time in my business. And I find that's um, a core skill of mine. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I love that you've learned that from your dad as well. And it's something that you've seen firsthand and you've carried it through and carrying it through for those almost 20 years must be yes. such a good feeling and you must have lots of happy customers. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> well, I know I do. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so over the 20 years, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced and how have you overcome some of those challenges? Yes, well, there's been a lot of uh, trial and error, <laughs> <laughs> um, in particular around hiring casual and part-time staff. Mm -hmm. I've had some good results and some bad results um, and a lot of learning around that. Um, with all small businesses, managing cash flow, that's always been a challenge and I think it will always continue to be so. Um, another thing that I tend to do is bite off more than I can chew. So I do, I'm getting better at it, but actually overcommitting and under undervaluing or underestimating my time it takes to, to work on projects. So um, I'm getting better at setting boundaries around that for myself. Oh, I um, but I think... I think how I've learned to overcome them is just learning by my mistakes. I think that's the best the best way. You're like, like people can tell you how to overcome things, but you've got to actually experience it first and then realise what's the right way and what's the wrong way for you that works for your business. Um, so really the other thing is attitude, that uh, never giving up, that, that almost... Um, pedantic and the perseverance that I have the determination that I have in my business that has been something I've drawn on for a long time 
Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. And I absolutely have seen that firsthand as well. And I know, especially when COVID hit, you were prior to that, you were out visiting clients and going to um, see suppliers and things like that. And business completely changed, but you were really determined and got in there and made sure that you were still able to service your clients, even if it was in a different way, but you worked out how that was going to look and happen. And I think by having that attitude and knowing perhaps where the issues may lie and thinking, okay, well, how am I going to go about this is so important in business. Absolutely. So, your business has really evolved over time and I'm sure over the 20 years you've made different decisions along the way. And what have been some of those key milestones and changes that you've made in your business? Yes, well, it's, it's grown very organically, I will tell you that, Laura. Mm. Um, however, I have I actually came across an amazing business coach about seven years ago she came into my my sphere and um instantly I knew she was the person that would help me grow my business and I just went I've got to work with her her name is Karen Hendry and she is a partner in a business that is she's she specializes in business growth for women in business um in particular and that's her passion and she actually has an amazing mix of business experience and knowledge and know, you know, how to coach someone, but also she's very big on the mindset things. Yeah. So that has turned my business around. And I think that was a real uh, turning point in my business. Um, the other thing that, another thing that I did about 12 years ago, I came across the Melbourne Designers Group, which is, about 40, 40 or so interior decorators and designers that get together once a month and celebrate um, business but also share and nurture each other's businesses. And you're going to be talking to, yes. to our group on, on next week, Laura, which we're very excited about. Um, that has been a pivotal time in my business as well and my, my life. I've actually made some lifelong friendships with a lot of the women in the group. And again, that's helped me with my business, but also with interior design per se. So actually becoming a better designer because of that, that friendship and that kinship that I have with those women. Um, and then another, another amazing milestone was um, in 2016, I entered a uh, Dulux Colour Awards competition, which is Australia and New Zealand um, encompassing. And I was actually voted by my peers, industry experts, as a finalist. Wow. So that was, that was huge for me to think that these top architectural firms um, in Australia and New Zealand, as well as interior design firms, were I was up against them. So yes. um, to actually even be a finalist was pretty amazing. I didn't win. But you know what? I oh. felt like a winner. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And I love that. You know, you're working with fellow interior designers and you're um, meeting with them and talking to them and you're having that energy from them as well. 
And I think that's a great collaborative thing because in small business, we can be working alone as well at different times, but it's so important to have that tribe around you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk a little bit more about interior design because, oh, my goodness, it is so amazing and fascinating. And I know that you have just got an eye for things that me, the um, person, may never, ever see. (laughs) But you're able to bring that spark to different places. So how do you approach designing for different types of spaces, such as homes, offices, restaurants? Yeah, it's actually a good question, Laura. I Basically, I start with the end user in mind. Yeah. With every project that I work on. So whether it's a homeowner or whether it's a business owner, I think of who's going to be using the space and how they want to feel in the space. Like that's really important to to sort of to try and get into that that mindset um, and work out what the end user is going to be feeling. So, of course, with commercial spaces like restaurants and offices and cafes, et cetera, um, you need to think about some specific things like hardware and flooring and surfaces, tabletops, um, furniture, et cetera. And they also need to be commercially rated in some instances. So that's that's a requirement. And usually one thing I love about working with um, a commercial space or an office or a restaurant even is um, you can afford to be a little bit bolder with colour and pattern and even, you know, bring some ideas in that that are quite interesting and and fun. So, yes. I, I do enjoy that that part of my work as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I have seen lots of your designs and certainly they are very colourful and bring a lot of joy. Yes. <laughs> so and now, and especially since we've been in the pandemic, a lot of people are still working from home, even as if it's in a hybrid situation. And so we're spending a lot of time in these particular spaces. What advice would you give to someone who is looking to revitalise their home office space? Yes. Well, I think it's really important to surround yourselves with, like the things you surround yourself with in your home office environment actually influence your work and your productivity. So if you want your work or business life to flourish, it's actually important to set it up so it supports you in that space. Yeah. So what I what I generally suggest is to start off by t- ticking off what is what it is you really need in your space. You know, like your your laptop or your PC, your um, you know chair, your desk, um, shelving, storage, etc. And then get rid of everything else that you don't need in that yeah. space because that's going to be a distraction. Think it, also think about the overall look and feel of the space, whether it's actually a room, a designated room in your home, or it could even be just a, you know the corner of your living room or part of your dining area, etc. Um, think about how you want to feel. That do you want it to be sleek and modern or cosy and nurturing, and then you decorate accordingly. Yeah. So, good place to start there. I love that, and we are 
doing this interview over Zoom, so unfortunately our listeners can't see it. And I have been into your office and it is filled with lots and lots of light and you've got some beautiful plants and it's just a joy to be in. And I think if we're spending a lot of time in there, we do want to make sure that it is bringing us that happiness that we're after. Yes, yes, because we spend a lot of time working. (laughs) We do, we do, absolutely. (laughs) Now, because this is a podcast about inspiring people and I do do a lot of marketing within my work, I would love to talk to you about some of your different marketing activities that you do. And are there any of those non-negotiables when planning out your marketing activities that you think about to keep your business visible? Mm, Yeah, again, it's a little bit organic for me. However, I I do have some non-negotiables and that is I send out a regular email every fortnight. Um, It's called Inspiration from the Green Room. And that's a great way for me to to be visible with my clients and also um, other people that might join the list and are interested in design and and tips and tricks. Yes. So that is something that I do religiously. Um, I also post on Instagram Monday to Friday, one post a day. I post regularly on Facebook. I'm not as regular on Facebook as on Instagram. Um, So they're the two platforms that I stay with because that's where my my clients hang out and um, I also I'm very much known for my my networking and make building relationships and making connections with people so attending networking events that's I usually try and attend one one a month Um, and it's also in a business circles that I'm in but it also can be like with my Melbourne designers group I attend that religiously as well because I think that still helps with my marketing um, because I get ideas from my colleagues and yes obviously when I'm with it in an industry sorry non-industry based events um, you know I I meet up with people that I know like you Laura and yes uh, (laughs) nice to to swap ideas and and again you're front of mind for people so I actually have quite a few referrals that come from business owners that I network with so yeah yeah it's quite powerful really isn't it and Mm. I also love that you talked about your email marketing as well and I think we initially met back maybe prior to the pandemic I think maybe or might have been at the start of the pandemic something or other like that and I was yes. on your mailing list and was receiving them every fortnight for probably a period of time, maybe 18 months or something. And then an idea came into my mind that, oh, my goodness, I want to get some <laughs> things designed in my house and I was struggling with that. I'm going, oh, Tanya, because her your newsletter popped in my email. So I love that you're making sure that you're visible to a whole wide range of people Mm. as well. And so you touched on a little bit before about what you had learnt from your dad about customer relationships. So I'd love for you to talk about the importance of those relationships and how you've built and maintained them over the years. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I think yes. First, first and foremost, it, it is that um, the regular fortnightly email. It's it was actually on my to do list for years. Believe it or not, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I I just kept putting it off because I thought it was too hard. But when the pandemic hit. In April, March, April 2020, and we went into lockdown, I went, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? With the help of my business coach, um, Kaz, I decided I will get onto that regular email. Yes. (laughs) So I taught myself MailChimp, set it all up, and got all my list of topics and my dates, and and I started, and it, it just was phenomenal. It's changed my business forever. I believe yeah. um, it's it's been wonderful. I get messages from clients that I've worked with like long time ago, and they're saying, "Oh, how they love what I'm what I'm putting out there," and I'm getting great feedback. But the the most amazing thing is that I've had clients that come back to me that might have only worked with me once. Yes, had one consultation, you know, 12, 13 years ago. And now they're ready. They want to do a whole renovation. Yes. And wow. I like that's been, I could, there's probably half a dozen clients that have done that in the yeah. last two or three yeah. years. And I've just gone, whoa, yes. I can't, in, I can't over um, stress how important it has been for my business. Yeah. Um, and I love that because so many small businesses that I speak to as well, they go, oh, email marketing, it's all too hard. Yeah. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Etc. But you're proof in the pudding as such that it's so, it's so if you're consistent it. and yeah. put information of value out there to your customers, that yeah, you can get additional work. And yes. nurturing those existing customers is certainly an important part of the marketing framework. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I also think if we go back a couple of steps as well, Laura, mm. I think. My marketing starts right from the very first time that someone gets in touch with me. They may not be on my mailing list, but I think for me, I like to be genuine and authentic and I I really care about my clients. Uh, It's kind of a trademark in a way that that I've developed. So um, I I really believe that people always remember how you made them feel long after you are gone. So I always make sure I am focusing on them and yeah just really thinking about my clients all the time and what what would benefit them yeah oh I love that so much it's like a big warm hug (laughs) and I'm sure that that's what they remember yes (laughs) (laughs) so looking ahead what do you see as the future of interior design that crystal ball Yes, well, I I really believe strongly that there'll always be a place for interior design in our lives. I think that with what we've learned from the pandemic is that as human beings, we've come to realise how important it is to surround ourselves with furniture and furnishings and decor that makes us feel good in our spaces. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, that prompted you to, you know, you were, frustrated with with things in your home and you needed to change so I really think that I'm a bit of a believer in that interior designers are kind of like healers in a way yes Um, 
Yeah, where, where the link between the vision in your head or, you know, the, the, the problem solving that mm-hmm. we need to do to get it out of your head and then make a space feel right just for you. I think that is a magic formula that I think any, well, any good interior designer has and I think that, yeah, people can't do it for themselves. Yes. So we'll always be needed, I, I believe. Yes, yes, definitely. And I would absolutely second that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's one piece of advice or a top tip that you might have for anyone in business listening to this? Yeah, I've got lots of tips. I've learned a lot <laughs> and I like to give advice. But I think one of the most important things for me and that I pass on to anyone is that there's always room for your own unique talents in the world. So don't be scared of competition or other people doing the same thing as you. There will always be other people doing the same thing as you. Um, I, I always encourage people to dive deep and then learn more about what it is that makes you tick, yes. what your purpose is, your true purpose in life, mm. and then push it out there into the world and share it because yeah. people are going to be drawn to you because of who you are and and what you deliver. So don't be afraid to, to put yourself out there and help people with your own unique talents and skills. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I know that you and I have had lots of those conversations as well and talking about our purpose and our why as well. So thank you for sharing that. I'm wondering if you've got any resources that you would like to share with our listeners. Yes. Well, I I do offer a creative conversation call, a 20-minute complimentary call, no obligation or a chat on Zoom, generally that's my preferred platform, um, about all things decor, colour, design for your next project. So if you've got questions or if you've never worked with an interior designer before, it's an opportunity for you to, yeah, just meet somebody, get to know someone um, and see where it goes. So you can actually get in touch with me via my website, greenroominteriors.com.au you can send me a message there or you can find me on Instagram that's where I hang out mostly you can send me a DM (laughs) and then I'll be in touch I love that thank you so much Tanya for sharing all of your insights and your experience that you've had in your own business and in interior design and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to this particular episode. And remember that you can check out the show notes for this episode at theinspiredhive.com.au where you'll learn more about the fabulous Tanya and find links to the resources uh, that we've mentioned here today. And feel free to leave a comment about this show. So if you've got any questions about green room interiors head to the website or instagram as tanya's just mentioned there as well and i'd like to end this show with a special shout out to one of my lovely listeners that recently got in contact with me pauline wilson she's an author of historical fiction and an adult 
community education advocate. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. So that's the end of this week's show. If you enjoyed the show, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Your review will help others find us and learn more about the art and science of gaining confidence and building your business.